0: the Falcons defense gets hashtag physical and Cordero Patterson makes NFL history in the team's week 11 win over the Chicago bears. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Alright guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Serious Black, a.k.a. A. Mr. Drew, and A.K.A., your very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can also receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So guys, we thank you for making locked on Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course it's free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to locked on Falcons on YouTube. Give us a like when you do. And you will get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. So if you're watching me now on YouTube on Sunday evening, this is, of course, the rapid reaction on Sunday evening before the audio drops later tonight, but also Monday morning. Uh, And we're talking all about this 27-24 win uh, for the Falcons. As usual, a nail-biter of uh, ending coming down to those final closing minutes. But you got to give credit to the Falcons defense, getting that game-sealing interception from Jalen Hawkins on a bad throw from Justin Fields after they kind of beat up Justin Fields in this game. He was nursing a shoulder injury late in the game, was dealing with a hamstring injury uh, throughout the game, and the Falcons were able to really keep Justin Fields in check in this game, you look at the box score, you see 85 yards rushing. Aaron, that doesn't mean uh, they, they didn't keep Justin Fields in check. You can't let a quarterback run for 85 yards. Well, 85 yards compared to what Justin Fields has done the last couple of weeks is really impressive, right? The last two games, he's averaged over 160 yards rushing. He's averaged over 110 yards in the last five games. So the fact that the Falcons were able to keep him to 85 yards is relatively impressive compared to recent games. And given this team's struggles in the past to handle running quarterbacks whether it was week one against Taysom Hill or all throughout last year where Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold and pretty much everybody Josh Allen was cooking him when a quarterback was able to run fields got his but the Falcons were able to prevent him from really going you know roughshod over them I remember telling someone on Saturday that if they keep Justin Fields under 100 yards rushing, given the expectations based off of their previous performances and how Fields has run shot over even better defenses, that's a win for this Falcons defense. So they got a win. They also sacked Fields four times, Arnold Abichetti, uh, Abdullah Anderson, Grady Jarrett, and Lorenzo Carter all uh, got sacks in this game. They were able to take advantage of a uh, poor Bears offensive line, as well as Fields' tendency to hold on to the ball. And one of the things that I do want to watch when the film drops later this week on the All 22 is whether or not that tendency to hold on to the ball was just Fields not processing as quickly, a criticism that he's had uh, throughout his career dating back to Ohio State, or it was because the Falcons' coverage on the back end was that effective and forced him. Uh, to hold onto the ball and allowed that pass rush to get home and you know if that was the case and you got to think AJ Terrell's presence you know he was active in this game and basically I uh, you know was Quiet in this game because basically the the Bears avoided him uh, at all costs. I think he had one penalty uh, in the game, but outside of that, played a, a reasonably uh, good game. And so I'll, I'll be curious to go back and watch the film to see if Terrell's presence was sort of you know critical in this Falcons defense being able to step up. You know the Bears did have some success running the ball, particularly early in the game, but after the Bears went up like 17-7 about midway through the, the second quarter, the Falcons were able to mostly keep their design run game in check that included uh, the design runs from Fields up to that point. Uh, after the Bears went up up to the point where they went up 17-7, the Bears' success rate on the ground was like 65% on those design runs, not counting Justin Fields' scrambles, which he didn't have too many of in this game. Most of his runs in this game were design runs uh, from the Bears. Uh, but after they went up 17-7, the Falcons – You know, we'll see what the adjustments they made on the film uh, later this week, Uh, but they were able to keep the Bears design run game uh, to uh, a success rate of 37% after that midpoint in the second quarter. And most of the Bears' successful runs weren't these huge gashing runs. They got a couple in there, but most of them were like four yards here, five yards here. Now, that was effective at keeping the Bears' offense on schedule and keeping them in manageable situations, but it wasn't as if the Falcons were getting gashed left and right, as we've seen a number of times this season. So, yes, we are absolutely grading the Falcons' defense on a curve, you know, objectively in a vacuum. You would may not look at this performance and say, hey, that was a stellar performance, right? You know, we, we talked about the bend-but-don't-break style of defense. They're going to give up a bunch of third downs the bears were successful i think they were like 9 of 16 on third downs but for this defense, you just want to get them off the field in the red zone. They weren't able to successfully do that. I think the Bears were 3-for-3 three three in the red zone. Uh, so we didn't see this sort of classic version of the bin but don't break style for the Falcons. But give the defense some credit. Uh, they were had to kind of overcome some turnovers from the Falcons' offense and special teams in this game. They did not give up points after Avery Williams fumbled on a punt return at the end of the first quarter, thanks to a sack by Grady Jarrett where Lorenzo Carter got some pressure on a stunt. They did give up a touchdown later uh, after Cordero Patterson's fumble, uh, but that was going to be pretty tough given that the Bears were starting out after that fumble on Atlanta's 29 yard line. So again, no one's going to confuse this performance for a great defensive performance. No one's going to confuse this Falcons defense for a great defense, but they absolutely did their jobs. And Dean Pease is going to certainly be crowing later this week on his Thursday press conference, talking about some of the things that we've already talked about. We know Dean Pease, you know, his, his recent, uh, You know, reputation is kind of built off of a really strong game against the Ravens a couple of years ago in the playoffs when he was defensive coordinator uh, against the Titans and they were able to really shut down Lamar Jackson in that game. And uh, again, you're not going to put this game, you know, right there next to it on the pantheon of great defensive performances of all times and impressive defensive performers. But we know beggars cannot be choosers and we certainly have been beggars with this Falcons defense over the last couple of years. And this to me, is a a solid performance and they were able to go out there and do one of the, you know, uh, do a a relatively good job against this bears offense than some other teams in recent weeks. And I think this probably stacks as one of the better defensive performances for this team this season. So, Kudos to the defense. And, and I, I see you, Troy Anderson. I know I gave you a lot of grief after that 49ers game, but you made a couple of a key open field tackles on Justin Fields. And we needed you to step up to sort of keep Fields in check. And he absolutely uh, did that. So I'll enjoy looking at the film on Troy Anderson and, and being able to say, hey, you know, this is exactly what we need from Troy Anderson to have that confidence about him moving forward. Uh, So uh, looking forward to that, guys, and you can look forward uh, to continuing today's Locked on Falcons talking more about Cordero Patterson's record setting day on special teams. We're, of course, also going to talk about the Falcons quarterback, Marcus Mariota, and whether or not this was a bounce back performance uh, from him on today's episode, but uh, before we get there, I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family where you can find three shows all in the same podcast feed, A to Z with Mark Zeno, hitting Hard with John Chuckery, and ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanisha Batiste covering the local teams as well as National Sports Headline all in the same podcast feed, all the same podcast feeds that you can find Locked On Falcons. And if you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube, guys, you can also get the postcast where Jarvis Davis and myself coming at you live after the game and giving you our immediate reaction so if you can't wait for these rapid reactions to drop sunday night or you can't wait uh, until monday morning you can find that of course on locked on sports atlanta on youtube so make sure you subscribe hit that bell so that you know when we go live now a word from our sponsor total wine and more this holiday season Find what you love at Total Wine and more with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay uh, or the perfect gift for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only. At Total Wine and More, curbside pickup and delivery is available in most areas. Visit totalwine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. B20. And, guys, this holiday season, I want to tell you about the world's largest car-sharing marketplace, and that's Turo. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want from a community of local hosts. And I know this holiday season, as you guys are traveling and whatnot, this is a perfect time to browse the huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or any budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon. To my friends down under in Australia, you can book a spacious SUV or minivan to make that you know long road trip this holiday season, or you want to ride in style right and, and feel good as you drive through the city, get that luxury car or you just need an affordable car that can get you from A to B and you're on a budget you can find that or test drive the new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on uh, and see how it fits your lifestyle. Many Turo hosts even will deliver the car directly to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch the boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. So, guys, let's talk about Cordero Patterson's record-setting day, right? He had his ninth kickoff return for touchdowns, setting the all-time NFL record. And, of course, he had to do it in the bins, just like Devin Hester set the punt return record in the biz all the way back in 2014 against the Buccaneers. Uh, So, you know, the Falcons, you know, we don't. We don't have a lot of positive history when it comes (laughs) to the record books, at least not memorably. But those are two sort of footnotes in the NFL record books that will will certainly be notable and live on. Um, He took that kick, Patterson, that is 103 yards to the house. And what was notable, that was his first touch since he had fumbled, as I mentioned earlier, in the game. That fumble was probably the lone blemish on Patterson's day, right, where he had a nice run, sort of found a cutback lane, bounced it for like a 17-yard gain. And I think it was Jaquan Brisker, if I'm not mistaken, that stripped him uh, from behind. And, and, um, you know, the the Bears were able to capitalize on with some points. But then after that, you know, Patterson took it to the house. He finished the game with uh, 10 carries for 52 yards uh, and proved to be the kind of the closer for the Falcons. You know, in the fourth quarter, there was eight minutes left. The Falcons were kind of grinding clock uh, at that time to sort of set up to to minimize to help out their defense. Right. Um, and went on a 12 play scoring drive that culminated in what ultimately proved to be the game winning field goal from young way from 53 yards out. Love the clutch kicking from Youngway. Absolutely. And that 12 play drive included eight consecutive runs. Uh, Patterson touching the ball in five of those. Uh, uh, Tyler Alger getting three of those carries. And on those five runs, Patterson's success rate was 80% for the five runs. Uh, that included a critical. Six yard carry on a fourth and two after he had gotten stuffed on the third and one where it looked like the offensive line got beat. Didn't see who that offensive lineman was, but they needed absolutely needed that. Um, And then, of course, again, as I mentioned, Algier had a good day, uh, had some nice runs on that drive. As well, after the Hawkins sort of game sealing interception, he had the the sort of game sealing run on a twenty six yard run. The the only knock on it was he he got he ran out of bounds on that play rather than staying in bounds uh, and and bleeding more time off the clock. But obviously it wound up working out for the Falcons in the end. He ran hard all day. You know, I would imagine. You know, he probably broke more tackles in this game than he's probably broken in in the season combined. It it looked like that, where there were, like, three-yard runs where he was, like, breaking, like, three or four tackles on those plays. So he wound up with, like, 55 yards on eight carries. So an impressive day. Notably, though, the player that wound up having the most carries in this game was not Tyler Rochier, was not Cordero Patterson. It was Marcus Mariota. So let's talk about Marcus Mariota. He had 13 carries in this game, although – three of those were the kneel downs at the end of the game. So technically he tied Cordero Patterson uh, for the team lead with 10 carries each. Uh, But several of those 10 runs from Mariota today, they were design runs. Now, they weren't nearly as effective utilizing Mariota in the design run game and scrambling around as we saw the Bears with Justin Fields. But it was kind of nice to see the Falcons embracing Mariota's running. Like, that's one of those elements that we, you know, we give Mariota a ton of grief here. Uh, And one of the things that he does bring to the table is the running ability. You didn't really get to see it showcased uh, extensively in this game. But if you are going to, you know, circle the wagons around Marcus Mariota moving forward for the rest of the season. I do want to see this team sort of embracing uh, his ability to run the football. He did score on a nice 10 yard run towards the end of the third quarter. He did take a hard shot uh, to the ribs on that particular play, leaping into the end zone. So that is a concern. And looking at Justin Fields uh, getting beat up uh, in this game as well, dealing with a shoulder injury, dealing with hamstring injury, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, that is the downside of having a running quarterback. So the Falcons have to be smart with that. I'm sure many of you Ritter stands out there uh, are hoping the Falcons are very stupid about that. But, you know, I I do think that injury that uh, Mariota took that did not um, cause him to, exit the game, but I I saw a lot of people being very critical on their next possession, which came, you know, with eight minutes ago in the fourth quarter, and the Falcons were geared towards running the football. So a lot of criticism online on Twitter and whatnot. Oh, Arthur Smith is being too conservative and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, like he's, you know, I don't I don't agree with that assessment. I think probably you know, Mariota taking that shot probably limited limited how often Arthur Smith wanted to have him drop back and throw the football, uh, because I, I believe it was a, a shot to his right side of his ribs, so the throwing side of it of of his body. So, um, you know, I don't think that was a necessarily a fair criticism of Arthur Smith there. So, overall, it was a solid day for Marcus Mariota. By no means perfect, but a solid day. Again, sort of probably on the better. Upper side of his performances this year, you know, through 11 games. um And, you know, he even almost nearly hit a deep ball in this game. We've we given Mario to so much grief for missing those deep balls. And that's really, you know, again, in addition to maybe a few more design runs, uh you really want to see Marcus hit those deep balls because all of a sudden, like a lot of, again, I'm not going to say all the problems go away, but it's so much more forgivable living with the sort of Mariota coaster, like the, the peaks in the Valley. If those peaks are explosive plays down the field, he almost hit um, right before that final field goal from young way coup. Uh, and that was not on Mariota missing that throw. That was, he, he put the ball, I think in the right spot, but the just did not track it. So we will take that, you know, you know, we will take that. He missed uh, a deep ball to Michael Pruitt in this game after Kyle Pitts injury. injured. We'll talk more about that coming up, but, you know, we'll take whatever progress. Now, one accurate deep ball uh for Marcus Mariota is, is probably one more than he's had in the last three games. So we'll take whatever progress. Again, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to Marcus Mariota if he's going to be the Falcons quarterback moving forward. So as someone who spent all week calling for Desmond Ritter to get the start, I don't think this performance for Mariota, you know, changes the narrative or anything like that. But at least it'll keep me and Several other fans, not all of you, I know all you guys are going to still be calling for Mario to to lose his job, but it will at least keep people from too much complaining about his play this week. And that's, you know, that's all we can ask for at this point in time. It's just like, hey, don't be the problem, Marcus. You know, you're not going to be the solution, but don't be the problem. So, um, you know, speaking of problems. You know, we're going to wrap up today's episode talking about some concerns moving forward, given the potential impact of injuries to Kyle Pitts and to Quan Graham that were suffered in this game. And, and what the Falcons may be dealing with with those uh, potentially one player being possibly a senior, season ending one. And, um, you know, I shouldn't tease that way. Like, you know. Taquan Graham looks like he might be down for the year. We don't know about Kyle Pitts, but there are some signs that maybe that was, uh, we won't see an extended injury. And we'll get into that as Uh, We continue today's episode, guys. But before we get there, I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And, of course, for your second listen, why not check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts that only Locked On can provide by subscribing to Locked On Sports today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, now I want to tell you about our sponsor prize picks, which are giving us a fun new way to play daily fantasy. All you got to do is pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry and it takes less than 60 seconds to enter and the great thing about prize picks it's not you versus other people right it's just you versus the projections and whether you're looking for NFL projections or NBA projections you know PGA NHL college football they got you covered all across the board prize picks is safe it's fun it's easy it's currently in operation in over 30 states in the US and Canada all you got to do to participate is download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That means if you deposit $100, bucks, PrizePix is going to give you another $100 to play with. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And guys, I want to tell you uh, that Locked On Falcons, along with the other local shows, giving you that great local coverage 24-7, uh, is also available now on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So all you got to do is download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app that includes all the Locked On shows like Locked On Falcons, Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Hawks, you know, Locked On Braves, and Locked On Sports Atlanta, all in the same app available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So wrapping up today, let's talk about the potential impact of the injuries, right? Defense played well. Offense was solid, right? Special teams was up and down, uh, you know, with the Avery Williams punt um, fumble. And they also gave up a uh, big return to start out uh, the game, I think, on the Bears opening drive, like a 55-yard return. So, you know, up and down day, uh, you know, for the Falcons, you know, defense was up. Special teams up and down. uh, Offense was okay. But obviously, you know, the concern moving forward is going to be the injuries coming out of this game, right? You saw um, both Kyle Pitts and Taquan Graham exit the game. Nick Kwiatkowski uh, got nicked up on a kickoff, uh, but seemed fine, walked off on his own power, didn't see an update that indicated that was a significant injury, but obviously didn't necessarily see if he was out there on subsequent special team snaps uh, there. But Graham did get hurt midway through the second quarter got carted off with an injury to his left knee. Uh, He was listed as initially questionable. Then they downgraded him to out shortly after uh, halftime. And that's, you know, usually not a very promising sign. And, and, you know, we'll see what the MRI says, um, you know, that he'll take on Monday. Uh, But, you know, right now I'm sitting here expecting uh, Taquan Graham to be out for the season with that knee injury. Um, we'll see what the Falcons do to fill that in interior defensive line. We know Graham has been a solid player, been one of the more improved players on the Falcons roster from a year ago as a former fifth round pick uh, with the Falcons a year ago. You know, Timmy Horn, Abdullah Anderson, Jalen Dalton, they all kind of flashed stepping in for uh, Graham after uh, his absence um, midway through the second quarter. Uh, So that was a good sign, but, you know, Again, going back to a previous point, the Bears don't have a great offensive line. I have probably one of the worst offensive lines in football. So I don't know how much I'm going to take that to heart. And so you, you part of your wonders, okay, are the Falcons going to go out there and get signed a veteran? Or will they just wind up rolling with these young guys and, and promoting someone like Kobe Smith off the practice squad? Or maybe, you know, maybe they'll bring back Anthony Rush or something along those lines. So obviously that's a potentially devastating blow. Hopefully we'll get some good news, but I, I am not particularly optimistic, you know, how skeptical I tend to be uh on this front now with Kyle Pitts, obviously, I don't have as much a feeling you know there are various reports on Twitter, you know from people saying that this could be a season ending injury. Uh, there was a report uh, from I believe Jordan Schultz saying that you know his Falcon sources say they don't believe uh Pitts tore some ligaments. he took a hard shot, I believe from Jacon Brisker in this game uh where to the knee on on a on an eighteen yard reception um you know on the opening drive of the second half in the third quarter um where brisker went low and you know you could see the, the knee kind of hyper extend a little bit nothing horrible or anything like that uh from that so you just and then pitch wound up jogging off the field but then it was later taken to the locker room uh not to return um and so um you know you never know like him jogging is good, right? Like, you know, if if it was a torn ACL, like you can still walk on a torn ACL or something like that, Um, but you, you don't usually see guys jogging on a torn ACL. So hopefully it's more of like a sprain. Hopefully it's a thing that, you know, give him a couple of days of rest. He'll be fine. Um, Maybe he misses this Washington game coming up. Who knows? But I'm, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic that it's not serious. Obviously, if it is, that's a devastating blow to the Falcons offense. I know we spent a lot of time on this podcast, probably not as much time as uh you know the various fantasy football podcasts have done, talking about pitts 's lack of production, so you know part some people will say oh it 's not a big deal to lose Kyle Pitts because he wasn 't getting the ball, but we know uh at least you know the, the real Falcon fans know and lockdown Falcons listeners know that Kyle pitt 's you know impact on this Falcons offense is significant even when he 's not getting the ball just because of all the attention uh that he is drawing so We'll see. Of course, we know the Falcons are in great hands uh, given the existence of Felipe Franks. Uh, he is God's gift to this Falcons offense. Of course, I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Although I I probably have a more favorable opinion of Frank's than probably your average Falcon fan does. Uh, but you know, given that your average Falcon fan's opinion on Felipe Frank's <laughs> on a scale from uh one to a hundred is a zero, <laughs> so it's not it's off the scale. So you know the the bar is pretty low. But obviously the Falcons have you know several tight ends on on the roster with Ferkser and and Frank's that can step up. Uh, that you know provides some athleticism at the position uh, you also still have the the solid blocking of Pruitt and Hesse and whatnot, but obviously if you 're losing Kyle Pitts it 's going to be even more of the Falcons embracing the run game moving forward, so it will put into concerns about this offense's ability to evolve moving forward uh, as we hope and want to see this team you know evolve into a truly balanced offense that can you know throw the ball effectively as well as run the ball effectively uh but obviously if Pitts is out for an extended period of time that will definitely throw a wrench into that so we'll we'll obviously keep you updated here on uh the Locked On Falcons podcast all week long and we'll see if the Falcons playoff hopes uh can continue next week against the Commanders I hope you guys uh, if you're traveling this week, I hope you uh, travel safe. Obviously, tomorrow we'll be joined by Charles McDonald of, I believe, now Yahoo Sports. Charles always <laughs> has a new job every time he appears on this podcast. I think the last time he was on, he was underdog fantasy. But he's now, I think, with Yahoo, last I checked. Uh, you never know with Charles. Um, and he'll give us his thoughts on this Bears game um, on tomorrow's episode. This week, you should expect five shows this week is, is the plan right now. Unless there are some complications with my traveling, you know, there's a chance we might not do a Friday show, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, So w- you should be locked here, you know, on locked on Falcons five days this week. We'll have Charles on tomorrow. We'll probably do the all 22 on um, Wednesday. And then Thursday will be the crossover Thursday with uh, locked on uh, commanders. Hosts, uh, co-host David Harrison, also the co-host of Locked on Bucks. David's double dipping into the Locked on uh, Paycheck pool. I got to figure out a way where Joe Marino can bring me on Locked on Bills so I can get that, you know, two paychecks. Uh, but it all for not, Joe. Joe's not giving me any love on that one. He's shutting that down. But uh, um, and then we'll see what, what happens Friday, uh, you know, so. Leave a comment. Tell me what your favorite Thanksgiving side is. Uh, in addition to you know who impressed you the most in this game, Patterson, Mariota, um, Drake London with a with a nice touchdown catch, Troy Anderson, uh, Lorenzo Carter, Grady Jarrett, who uh, AJ Terrell. Uh, Jalen Hawkins, whoever gets your game ball. So let me know in the comments below, guys, in addition to your favorite uh, Thanksgiving side uh, as well. So, guys, really appreciate you tuning in, making Lockdown Falcons your first listen on this Sunday evening or Monday morning. And of course, make sure that you check out Locked On Sports today, as well as Locked On Sports Atlanta, Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Braves, Locked On Hawks for your potential second listens. And of course, if you want to find out what else is going on around the NFL, Locked On NFL and uh, Peacock and Williamson have you covered for the other 31 teams. Really appreciate it, guys. Till then.